0: In the Khazari, Mamr Hashaini, the end of Isaiah Makhdav, we saw last night how the Khazari explains that Chachma, in its various forms really began in Klal Yisrael and from there was transported to the various nations which conquered us. But really the Sheresh, the source of the Chachma, was by Klal Yisrael. As we said, the king didn't object to that, he didn't disagree. And now the Chacham is going to make a, another tremendous statement, and he says another you should know: another advantage, uniqueness that there was by Kali Yisrael is that Maloshan He says you should know that the lashon Hakodesh, which is the lashon of the Torah, has a distinction over any other language. And here the Kuzari objects. And Here the Kuzari objects. So the Kuzari says, Amar Kuzari. Does Ibris, Loshon HaAret, does we're going to call, have an advantage over Arabic? He yays Arabic has more vocabulary; it's a fuller language. We see it with our own eyes. I'm not; I don't know much about Arabic, but if you're going to just use a simple example, right? If you're going to say that Lashna Hakodesh is a language which is a greater language, and if someone would turn around to you and say, well, what about English? There's a much bigger vocabulary, there's a much bigger choice of words, there's a much much richer choice of expression. So why do we see Lashen HaKodesh as being on a different level, of having more distinction? Now the MS is, if you're going to, the Qasari's question is a question, the Khakram is going to answer it, but if we're going to first think ourselves and discuss what makes a language a better language, What's the difference between one language to another one? In other words, if we are going to rank languages, how are we going to consider one to be better than the other? So the, probably the simplest way which people would think of doing that is how rich is the vocabulary. In other words, if a language only has one word for each object, one word for each activity, so there's a very poor choice of options when one wants to speak. But if there's so many more synonyms, and so many, each one conveys a different sense or a different meaning, then it makes it for a much uh, more expressive language, or a language can much better capture exactly the point the person's trying to say. Mm-hmm. And if that's the case, if you're going to compare the amounts of words that there are in some languages to describe a very similar or inherently the same kinds of an idea, right, is the fact that there's a much wider choice of options makes it a richer language whereas a language which has much fewer words, so therefore every time you're going to come back, you're going to have to say the same word, right? because there aren't too many other options for it. So then it makes it a, a language which has, so to speak, a, a more meager pool of options if one wants to express oneself more accurately. And therefore that uh, this would be the point where the king objects, and he says we don't find national Hashanah having as rich or varied vocabulary in his words Arabic, and we can say the same thing with other languages. English, for example. There are much more synonyms in English for most terms than there are when we have in Larshana Kodesh. So he asks the Chacham, why do you therefore say that Larshana Kodesh is a language on a higher level? Now the Emma says that would be one way of viewing languages. There's a second way of viewing a language as well. And that's something which the Mephosh and the Maharel, the Shl and others explain why Loshana Kodish is different to other languages. And they say that that most language, well, that's really all languages, are an agreement between people of how are going to refer to something so that we can understand each other. In other words, there's nothing unique about the terminology that we're using. It's just an agreed term. And if that's the case, if people want to communicate, and there has to be some kind of uh, understanding w- which w- between us, what we're talking about. So we can call this a chair. We can call it any other name you want in any other given language. And as long as we both understand that that's what we're referring to, so then we have a means of communicating. And therefore, what the morale says, most languages are languages bahaskama, which means languages out of common agreements that we both understand each other and that we can both communicate with each other. But there's nothing intrinsic or special about the terminology being used why that was called whatever it is. In other words, if you're we going to examine and say it's in English, why is this called the chair, and this called the table? I don't think we can analyze it too closely and find deep meaning in it. It's, we, whatever the term used is, what we're using. And therefore, we both understand what we mean when we say a chair, and we both understand what we mean when we say a table. says so the morale, when it comes to Lashnak Kodesh, it's different. Because Lashnak Kodesh a, wasn't a language developed by people to be able to understand each other. Lashnak Kodesh was a language Hashem used to create things. And if that's the case, in the spiritual nature of something, is the, the letters Hashem used or put together in order to create it. In other words, if we understand, and this is really maybe bridging into the realm of Kabbalah, back that we understand that every letter of the alaf base has certain properties. And if that's the case, the combination of the letters or whatever they're going to be, which are put together in a certain order, really define a certain, uh, let's say, properties or combination of properties which then becomes a way that Hashem describes the idea of what he's, what he's creating. And therefore, very often you'll see in the Midrashim, when everything is given a name, so Chazal wants to know why is it given that name. It wasn't just a randomly chosen word because we both know what the other one it has in mind. The it was in the essence, you're defining something about it, and therefore there's something which is, uh, we can learn from the etymology of language, the essence of the thing we're describing. And therefore there's something about language of Rosh Kodesh which is, more unique, intrinsic to the concept of what we're speaking about as opposed to other languages. For example, we mentioned that some of the more common words. that We know that a donkey in Eilash Nakesh is called a khamar. And it wasn't just, and as Hazal asked, why is it called a khamar? And uh, Hazal said that a donkey is a symbol of an animal which is basically brute physicality. And therefore, the word for something physical, which doesn't have unique form or shape, is something which is khaymer. In other words, it's basically physical nature without having a specific form which is going to define it. Animala. chaymer, and Khamar and is really the same letters. It's connected to the same top. Similarly, the Gemara, the Chazal asks, why is a horse called a sus? And the uh, chazal answer from the it's the nature of a horse. So so to speak, uh, when there's activity or when there's a lot happening, so the, so the horse participates. It's a very excitable animal, as opposed to the donkey, which is very placid. And therefore, the word sauce is related right to the word sauce, which means to exult. So it can, when something happening, the, so- the horse, by nature, is, is very excite- easily excited and very much takes part in what's happening, which in persons that actually happen to be on a farm, you see this. Donkeys are very placid animals. They don't pay attention to... In the activity around them, whereas horses, they they very easily so to be worked up into uh, excited states by if there's a lot of noise or action or whatever activity happening around them. I'm just giving two examples, but the truth is we could extend it to every word in National Kodesh that we know of. Right, Chazal somewhere will explain to us what's the, what why is that connected to the to the object in in in, in question. So this is a different kind of system in which Lashna Kodesh stands unique apart from other languages and that is it's not the language of, of agreed terminology it's a language which is defining the nature of each object and a language like that can only have come from Hashem because since he knows the nature of what he created He can give it a definition of what properties it has this is also the uniqueness of other We you know from the, at the beginning of the Torah HaKodesh Baruchel brought everything to Adam to name it and Odom gave every animal its name. Again, it wasn't a random choice. It was based on his ability to understand the koichis, or the abilities, the uniqueness that Hashem had put into each animal. Okay, so that if we had to describe, as I said, based on the Meharal, why Oshina is different, that's the route we would take. And not only that, the Torah itself says a number of things that you see in the from the Torah that... The language of creation was Oshana Kodesh because very often in the Torah itself, it derives one word from the other. It derives one word from the other. So, for example, uh, Adam is called Adam because he's is He's taken from the ground, and therefore a product of the ground, which is the Adam, is called an adam. And isha is called an isha because it's taken from an ish. Uh, adam called his wife because she was the name called Chai. Just some examples, and in most other languages, you won't find. There's a connection between the words for these two things. In other words, even let's take English for example. You you won't find a common word between the ground, the earth, whatever else you're going to call it, the soil, and a person or a man. Latin? is that any better? Latin in this. Sense? Um, I'm not an expert in Latin, in but as right, they, they, they come from Latin mixed with other Gothic or uh, yeah. languages, which they were in North Europe, but it's uh, as when Chazal tell us that you don't find another language where the Turk and Chazal didn't know and they were of the Romans, so I assume that they, they, they knew what they're talking about. Okay, so therefore we see that. All other languages, at the end the day, come from We're going to see not all. We're going to see. Um, we're going to talk about it. Okay, so therefore we see that there's something. If you know the language of creation is national Kodesh but regarding what the point that the King brought up, and that is we don't find that we have such a rich vocabulary in national Kodesh We don't. There are a lot of words Kodesh we don't have synonyms for. Or there are even words national Nashna which we don't actually know what the word of Nashna Kodesh is. Right? And why is that? So the Chachem is going to make a very true point, and if you think about it, it's true, if you understand it very well. And he says in What happened to the language? What happened to the people who spoke it? Which means, What happened was, lost the vocabulary. The Klayishol lost the vocabulary. But really, reality, would be the richest language. The problem is, the Klayishol stopped speaking it. And if that's the case, we don't have a language which was passed down of how to, the the full, so to speak, richness or the full extent of the vocabulary. We lost that when we went into to So what do we know today of Rosh which is very similar to what the Khazari knew 700 years ago in Rosh and that is, Whatever language we find in Tanakh. Whatever language we find in Tanakh, so then we can say this was Oshana Kodesh, and we can use the same words. But words we don't find in Tanakh, well we don't know. We don't have a message in Oshana Kodesh, besides that. And therefore, in those in those areas where the where the, in the Tanakh itself we find the richness of expression, you'll find kimat unparalleled. For example, the the I'm just I was just an example, if you're going to talk about the words we have in national Kodesh of different forms of praise for Hashem, right, we're we'll, we hard put in English to try and firstly define what the difference is between each one of them, right, because here we have the riches of Hashanah Kodesh, because these are the words Tanakh uses, so That's a lot of different expressions for the same idea, right, so I just mentioned 12, Right? And how, why do we have so many words because they're words of Tanakh so in those areas where Tanakh does give us a lot of synonyms so we see it was a very rich language right? when it comes to other things where we don't find the language of Tanakh describing so much so then we don't have the vocabulary we've lost that vocabulary and the, reason, and the important point here is is that not, we don't corrupt it in other words, we don't add words as other languages do every language has this problem Every language has a problem that the words which you don't have in the original, whether it's because of new discoveries or developments, whatever it's going to be. And most languages, therefore, what they do is they just use words from a different language, and it enters the jargon, or enters a, a, like it becomes a corruption of the original language, but it becomes the spoken vernacular. Such as, I mean, the best example is modern Hebrew, right? Which half the words today of modern Hebrew are just English. Right, whatever it's going to be, our English with a Hebrew accent because they don't have words for that, and therefore if that's the case. We're going to take words from a different language and just import them into the language. The to deliver. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's what they say. Right. Okay, Lidl-der, so whatever it's going to be. The deliver. Right. Yeah. So we don't. It's not Hebrew. It's English. It's English, and it's a, and it's a, a corruption of what Hebrew is meant to be because. It's it's just like just like when they talk about uh, Latin. There was the same thing happened. In other words, there was the corrupted form of the original Latin, which was the people spoke. It was called vulgar Latin, but it basically means the language of the street, which means people used words from other language or dialects. It wasn't the original language. And even those, even when there is a language like English, again we're developing new words as we need them. We don't we're not working on an existing vocabulary. So when something new comes up or some there's a reason to try and name something, we'll make up a name. That will work in any language which is a language based on Haskama, which means we all know what you're talking about, and therefore we have to give something a name. So we all know this is what we mean, and we'll add it to, we'll add it to the dictionary, we'll add it to our, our vocabulary. But Lashna Kodesh doesn't look like that, because since this is the language Hashem spoke, so we can't add words to the language. That's not the original Doshnak Kodesh. And if that's the case, uh, words we can only learn from the words we have in Tanakh, which was that we know is the words of Rosh Hashanah Kodesh. More than that, we don't know. Three different points, why, why today Rosh Hashanah isn't the language it once was. Number one, because we don't speak it, so we've lost a lot of the vocabulary. We only have the vocabulary which is still extant in the Tanakh. Number two, we can't add to it. It's, a, so it's not like it's a language which is, a, which is progressing or changing or evolving because it's, we can't add words. It's a language which was spoken by Hashem. And therefore, either we know it or we don't. And we can't work it out because we don't necessarily know the spiritual properties to be able to, uh, so to speak, into it on our own what the word for a new item is meant to be. Now, there's a second interesting point over here. So is there anything wrong with making up words? You can make up a new language if you want, but it wasn't Hashanah It doesn't have the same That isn't the language the of the See an interesting thing. There's a safe uh, well, in Midrash called Ma'am Rez. In his introduction He is a very interesting thing. He says, you see that from the time of already the the time of the first base of Midrash or at least towards the end of it and throughout the time of the Goddess, the second base of Midrash and even after that the Jewish people avoided speaking Lashon HaKodesh as the regular language. The, the day-to-day so to speak the, the Discussions or conversation wasn't in Lashon Hakodesh. It's either it either was in went from the time before the Churban when they went down to the Babel, or it was Parasis, so when they came back to the was and afterwards they spoke other other similar texts. If you look in, for example, if you look in the Midrash, in the Zayar, the Gemara, the Yerushalmi, you'll find all kinds of the, the language they spoke wasn't Lashon Hakodesh. And uh, even after that, when Klai Israel then went into Europe and they spoke. Uh, various forms of Yiddish if it was in North Europe, or Ladino if it was in Spain, or other, other dialects, or Arabic when if in the Arab countries. And uh, the Ma'amla'ez in his introduction, which was in explaining why he wrote his Midrash in is in a foreign language, he wrote it in Ladino, which was the Jewish dialect in Spain when he wrote it. Why didn't this be Lashna Kodesh? So the Khazari is saying because we didn't know it. So we didn't have a good enough vocabulary. But he said something else, and this is a very interesting idea. He says that Klaesha understood that Lashna Kodesh where there's certain kedusha to it, and therefore they reserved it for davening and for learning. Whereas common, casual conversation, they use a different language for, So they wouldn't use a a kodesh so to speak, for every everyday conversation. If that's the case, like the Mamzer says, then there's another no reason why we lost the language. It wasn't the language we were using on a regular basis. And if that's the case, we're only using it in terms of Tanakh, or in terms of learning. And therefore, obviously, our vocabulary is going to be limited to what the Tanakh talks about. Whereas, when, and as was said correctly, when Tanakh does discuss things like the Tehillim or the reverse of Yeshaya and there's a very rich language. And then we don't always know the words, what the words mean. Right? But uh, in those areas where we don't find a reference in the Tanakh, so we don't know the words. So we left uh, with holes, so to speak, in the fullness of our vocabulary. Now, with this, I want to explain one more thing, which is often asked. And that is, uh, to do, we had it now, six parasha, twice. That the Torah calls the Tfilin Sharoosh Teitafos. So Teitafos mehne Echo. What does the word Teitafos mean? So Rashi brings both times the to Torah, says it, and he quotes the Gemara, the Rabbi Akiva says, Teitafos means four. Why? Because Tat, Bafriki, Ishtayim, and Kast, and some other language, Ishtayim, and therefore it's a, it sounds like a mixture between some African and some other language which have been put together. Uh, two here and two there. And the question obviously is, why would the Torah do that? Why doesn't the Torah restri- uh, stay in National Kodesh? Why would it move to some other language to try and say something? Isn't there a college word for it? So the, there's more than one answer to the question. But the simple answer is, we're not saying that the Torah is using a word from a different language. But sometimes, like you just explained, we don't know what the word in the Torah means. And if that's the case, if we look at the languages which are similar in structure to the Torah, the other Semitic languages, then maybe they have a similar term which they got from the Torah. And if that's the case, we can understand from a comparison to something similar what the Torah means. That the, the, there's a mechlechus between the scholars of Hebrew etymology, earlier from the time that we've shown him. And that is, can we learn Lashna Kodesh words from their Arab counterparts, or uh, Aramis, which is Aramean, or or Aramaic, or, or Kastis, which is the original name of Babel, being as there were cultures or, in, and uh, languages which evolved in a place near Eritish Israel at the time, so we have to think backwards. Maybe words that they have in their language, they took from Lashon HaKodesh. And if that's the okay, case, so if we find a similar word, which we don't understand, its meaning in the Lashon HaKodesh original, but we find that one of the languages which were similar to the Ashna Kodesh, which were taken from Ashna Kodesh, a similar word. So can we understand backwards that if this is the word in Arabic, for example, then maybe we can understand that maybe this is what the ancient Ashna Kodesh meant as well. So when the Gemara asks, it says, is Targum in Targum in Targum? Sort of when the Targum, no, the targum is in Targum, I'm saying it's, it's Ashna Kodesh then? No, yeah, Targum is not Ashna Kodesh. But uh, there the 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 Torah the Indian in telling you what Yaakov called and what Loven called it. And since Lovan's language was Aramis, it came from Aram, so that's the okay. case. So the Torah gives you the words Lovin' said. Then the Goran brings a few, you, your car and whatever In the, in the Nach. Process. Right, not in the Torah. The, the other cases in the that's which this is Ezra or Nil, which are mostly written in Aramis. It doesn't make ush nagged. It was uh, for whatever reason it was written in a foreign language. Either because we've spoken to foreign people, like for example Daniel was talking to every Khadet, so, uh, or as he was talking to people of Babel, the Jews mm-hmm. in Babel, that's the language they spoke, so it gives us the way they said it. How does it have Kadushim? How does it have Kadushim? Not as Ashna What? Not as It's not Ashna Kadushim. No. So how does it have Kadushim? That's you're something else. It still has a Kadushim. So yeah. Which? What? Say that the Torah says that. Just like the Torah gives people's names. In we, we're having
1: different languages and they have Kedusha also? No, they
0: don't. The, specific words? The Torah has Kedusha. But now when the Torah once, whenever Hashem decided to put the words and of love into the Torah, that's part of the Sefer Torah. And the Nebim Daniyah and all of So then they have Kedusha as Nebim, but not, not because Lashen HaKadush. Even if they were written in other languages, but the master incorporates well. Even if you could assume that this was the language that maybe interpreted, what this word means, you can't extract that Allah out of it to tell me that the tafus means for, you could assume that you can't get Allah out of it. Why? The Torah means that we, We're trying to understand the word of the Torah. You're assuming it's an assumption. It's an assumption, but remember, it's a lot of So we're trying to look for, for what the Torah means <laughs> to mean, work mean, with the who we know. Okay, so therefore, we're not trying to say that the Torah spoke in Kafris or, 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 or uh, Friki or whatever that is. Right? We're trying to say that we don't know what the word means. We're looking for similar languages who try and teach us the word. And the emesis, we do this it, 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 with that school of the Medactikim, the, the masters of Diktok. In the Rishonim, they do that a few times. We find a lot of words, not so much in the Torah, but much more in the Navi, which we don't know what they mean. And therefore, they used to look to the other Semitic languages to try and explain the word. Um, for example, just one example, one time it comes up in, the, in Tanakh, in Tehillim, Perkhafalif, the word Arashas the What does the word areshes mean? The Mephoshim say we don't know. Now we use the word because the pasuk is talking about something about talking to, about saying. So areshes is something which applies to someone's lips. We use it on when we say areshes We're just taking paraphrasing the pasuk in Tanakh. But what does the word actually mean? So here also the various Mufashim tried to look for other languages who had a similar word to try and explain it because we don't, we don't know what it means, it's just one example. There are other examples, too. So it's not that the Torah is using a different word. The Torah is basically, um, the Torah is basically using the word it wanted to use, but we don't understand it. So we're looking to other languages to try and give us an explanation of the Torah's word. So is here... So that is Hebrew. It, it means a four-boxed adornment. Right. And it means something made up of four boxes. So we have to look at other languages to know that. But we wouldn't know that because we, wouldn't know, we didn't know what the Hebrew word meant. Mm-hmm. But it must have a like, short, right? might like if Hebrew word. has a, some connection to the Hebrew old 100%. <laughs> we found out what it in the Mishnah. What? The Tartophis in the Mishnah is not talking about philip. It's talking about a piece of jewelry which was worn on the forehead. And therefore, we understand that the Torah meant it as both. <coughs> that it's meant to be a, like a crown, a tiara, something which is worn is on the forehead, but it's also made up of four compartments. So we have both oh. meanings together. the Mishnah in Shabbos, in it says, it's talking about adornments, or some kind of frontal piece that a lady would wear, but that's the Torah incorporates both. Is there any reason why it's. One nice point. and that is, did other languages <laughs> come from national? Code, not? So here the Mephoshim um, dis- make a distinction between the languages which are similar to Lashna Kodesh, such as, like we said before, Arabic, Aramean, Kasti, uh, which Khazar himself, we're going to see next time, is going to talk about, as opposed to other languages in the world, um, Chinese or uh, Latin or whatever it is, nothing to do with Kodesh the obvious question so where did these other languages did come from and uh, the Spanish? answer is they came from the we know when the Palaga went, when the split the world into different dialects so then he gave different people different dialects right it, it didn't it wasn't that they got it from the that they had been speaking they were so to speak taught a new language uh, we have to say it's miraculous that a group of people suddenly started speaking a different tongue of the, that was the nace of divine the Palaga. It, wasn't divine or inspired. it wasn't like it wasn't. It wasn't something divine in the language. When Hashem wanted to split people from speaking Lashon Hakodesh, so then he, 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 so to speak, somehow made them understand a different dialect, or whatever different language, whatever it was going to be. But it's not based in Lashon Hakodesh, as opposed to the languages of Fishmal who came from Abraham's house. So the languages which were around Eretz Yisrael, and therefore they they took a lot of the language of Lashon Hakodesh. Other languages were completely different. They don't. They aren't based in the same. A structure on the same, shirashim on the same sentences, and this on the same context of that. Right. like we said, we can talk about not maybe not a different time how, exactly how Hashem did such a nice. People woke up in the morning, and suddenly all understood something different, right? It's a tremendous tremendous khiddish, how such a thing can happen. But if you can discuss a different time how Hashem did that. Either way around, we don't try and find a connection between languages like that and national chiddush. Those are completely original languages which Hashem created. Why does the Torah accord special significance to ancient Greek? 'cause it's beautiful. We have to explain it. Yahthalakimliakis. That there's a beauty in Greek. And what is the beauty? So he's gonna talk about it. You're gonna get there by the Shemila Kazari, he's gonna discuss it a few pages time. Um you write a good question that we Dafka in Greek, a person is allowed to write at least a quote from Shon Gamriel, a person is allowed to write a different coalition in Greek because that's the bracha of the, after the King there's a beauty in the language. What was it? Where did it come from? Again we don't we never connect Greek to Darshma Kodish. It's a different language completely. But we'll see what's special about it. But what is, this is something we said tonight the first two points, which we'll see more of. The first one is what makes Hashem intrinsically different is that it's a language which is the, created by Hashem to define what he's created, and therefore we can't add words to it. It's either we know what Hashem calls things or we don't. And the second point is what make, that the reason why today we don't have enough of a vocabulary in it, it's like a much, so to speak, smaller in its choice of words, it's much better dictionary than uh, as opposed to other languages, is because we don't speak it, and therefore we've lost a lot of the vocabulary. So we don't have the full richness of the vocabulary that there was. So, the first one we got to, the first one we we'll got to, and we'll see how he basically defines and explains the points he spoke about.